0: Brian, good morning. welcome. How are you? Good morning, Ann. How's it going? <clears throat> uh, pretty good how you feeling there, buddy?
1: Ah uh, almost there
0: almost there. Well, uh, I'm sure everyone who has listened to you in the past hears there's a little bit of a scrunch in your in your throat um, and um, but you are on the road to recovery, and so I'm thrilled that you're able to be here with us today uh I don't know. There's, there's so many things happening in the world today, and y- you've probably been uh, examining most of these issues. Uh, what do you make and what do you think will happen since we found out that Navalny was killed in the prison, I guess in Siberia, where Mr. Putin had placed him? Do you think there's going to be any after effects from this death?
1: I assume so. Um, The first thing that's going to come out is that it was an accident or it wasn't intentional, the denials, all that kind of stuff. And again, bring this back to something that we can all relate to. This individual was Putin's opposition and Putin put his opposition in prison. Where does that sound familiar? The current president of the United States, Joe Biden and those around him are trying to put his leading opposition in prison. They're trying to bankrupt him. They're trying to imprison him. They're trying to damage him in an election so that anyone who's not paying attention that hears a couple snippets or sees a couple headlines decides not to vote for Donald Trump. And this is very scary. And when you're talking about after effects, look, we all know what our geopolitical foes are right now. We know it's Russia. We know it's China. And we know it's Iran. And the allies that trickle in and out of those three countries, right? These three countries hate the United States. They want to displace the United States in any and all impact in the quote unquote global order. So the first question that comes up that most people are going to think, okay, this was the Russian opposition, activist, leader, whatever you want to call him, to Putin. And now he's dead. He was 47 years old. He was probably male nutrition, and all kinds of other things with the way he was treated psychologically and everything into the sun. We know that there are at least two American prisoners, uh, in Russia's, um, control right now. And my assumption is that Putin will do everything he can to keep them as healthy as possible because they are bargaining chips, right? They are bargaining chips to deal with an idiot like Joe Biden, who is on full display as decaying. I mean, you look at even videos of him speaking just two years ago when he first got into office three years ago, and he was a lot sharper than he is today. And that's not saying much. So all these things are going to have after effects because, and even Putin said it, whether it's propaganda or not, is the sheer fact that Putin prefers a rotting bag of oatmeal like Joe Biden in the White House rather than someone like Donald Trump who walks with a big stick and is not afraid to use that big stick. And that means including dealing with American citizens that are being held by Russia. So all these types of things are in the cards and the after effects could have catastrophic or minimal impacts depending on what our current leaders do in terms of reaction or retaliation to this particular incident. When you have an opposition leader uh, within Russia, that has died in prison.
0: Yeah, it's it really is a uh, it's a frightening picture, but it's certainly something that um, Mr. Putin will keep his own population uh, in where he wants them. They'll be fearful knowing that this is a man who died in the gulag, uh, perhaps in, in an such, election year. In an election year, exactly, and uh, y- you wonder. How far are we, knowing the corruption in this administration under Mr. Biden and Obama, how close are we to doing more than just throwing indictments and uh, accusations against Donald Trump? But would they do more? We've seen what they did to Jeffrey Epstein in the prison cell. Because there were names that were going to be released and actions going to be talked about among politicians, the wealthy, the most powerful among us. So Donald Trump, I'm not sure that he cares. Since he's been a billionaire, he's probably had the, the most wonderful protection security measures around himself and his family. But nonetheless, I fear for his life.
1: Yeah, no kidding. And I'm a big believer that there is definitely divine protection around Donald Trump and that he was given the tools and the resources and the metal to be able to deal with this onslaught that we've been talking about for going on almost nine years now, this persecution. And now we've found through Taibi and Schellenberger and other reporters that This Russian hoax and all these things that are meant to damage Donald Trump, a lot of us already knew, but now there's evidence, there's eyewitnesses, and there's testimony and sources to back up that our own United States government and intelligence community made distinct decisions to identify 26 or more Donald Trump associates to manipulate and create an atmosphere where they could be targeted. And they employed foreign allies, i.e. five eyes, i.e. English-speaking countries, Australia, Canada, the Netherlands, the UK, to assist the United States in trying to create this, this atmosphere that Trump had colluded with one of the United States' geopolitical foes on his way to running for president. I mean, it's not just... A dossier that Hillary Clinton and her campaign paid for. This ties back to other Democratic Party operatives that were in the United States government and infected in the intelligence community that made these decisions. This is monumental. This is, this is something which our country has not exposed or been exposed to in probably eight, six or seven decades.
0: Yeah, we didn't know it was happening, Brian. We didn't realize how deep the corruption went in our own government. We looked outside of our borders to other countries and said, oh, they're bad, they're evil. And in the meantime, the powerful government officials in our own government were creating webs of corruption to capture Politicians, through the uh, honey network, uh, finding out things about them that could then be used to force them to vote a separate uh, way than they might normally, to simply have that kind of evidence to be used as blackmail against our own congressmen who legislate our laws, that corruption has been going on for a long, long time. And I don't know what what can be done to weed out these evil people because they're still in power. Biden, Obama, that whole sycophantic communist group that's in the West Wing, how do you get rid of them?
1: Yeah, and this is – this. Herein lies a very challenging situation because you assume that we have a process or a system in place that fully vets individuals, whether they're, you know, when you think of employment, when you think of any kind of community engagement, and when it comes to politics, it's not that case, right? You've heard me say this countless times. I joke and laugh because of the amount of vetting that I've had to endure through my own uh, career to work on the things that I work on, that includes FBI investigations, to make sure that I am trustworthy to be, uh, be around and read right on for particular secrets. Not that kind of vetting goes on for political candidates. You think that the party apparatus, whether it's local, state, or national, does investigations or does vetting or tries to make sure that we're putting the best and the brightest up as candidates, not just for local and state offices, but federal offices, and that doesn't happen. And you wonder why these types of individuals get into a position of power and a sphere of influence that is detrimental and dangerous, not just to the constituents that they're supposed to represent, but the interaction with other individuals that share those piss poor characteristics that under normal circumstances would never allow in any kind of employment situation. And that's what's very scary. And and you take this a step further, you know, the people that are in politics, that arena, it's a blood sport, right? They will stab you in the back. You don't have any friends. You have allies as long as you're Uh, Targets and what you believe align. And they will stab you in 10 seconds. It doesn't matter which party that is. And those are the people that are making decisions on whether or not to send our children or grandchildren to war, on whether or not those decisions are impacted to put this country in danger, whether that's ignoring the border and the invasion that is going on and allowing these illegal aliens that do not belong in this country to be in our hospitals to be in our schools and to be in our communities. Those decisions that these leaders make that have gotten through the filter somehow, some way, whether it's they know someone or they have been cropped up by someone who's a lot stronger and a lot more powerful than they are. That's a scary situation. And whether or not this has been going on for decades, we know it's been going on for decades. It's just that social media, the Internet and other things have allowed this to be in the limelight. And as a result, judgment has adjusted 30 years ago. If any of these things that went on, for instance, like you mentioned before the break, Fannie Willis, I'm sorry, she would have been removed, disbarred and disgraced and never walked another inch as a lawyer, in any atmosphere. But here we are, 30 years later, where our judgment has been impacted as society, as individuals, to make excuses, to make adjustments on whether or not something is perceived as good, bad, ethical, or not. The funny thing is, if we all had morals, we wouldn't need ethical standards. But because there's been that moral decay, and that there's things like this idiot down in Fulton County, who wears her dress backward, who's combative, who is literally the biggest piece of garbage I've ever seen wield a law degree and a law license as a prosecutor. I mean, you only need 10 minutes to watch that piece of trash to make a decision that not only should she be disqualified from prosecuting any case, let alone a farce of a case with Donald Trump, she should be stripped of her law license and she should be publicly shamed. But that mention, that notion in 2024 has fallen by the wayside because people are afraid to speak up. They're afraid that their own little circle or their little uh, sphere of influence will be impacted if they take a stand because there's no courage anymore. And that's why circling back to Donald Trump, this guy has metal that clearly has to be. The empowerment of divine intervention, because nobody could withstand this kind of persecution for nine years, every single day.
0: Yeah, yeah, he he truly is an amazing human being. But you know, today we we want to have good candidates rising up. But um, forty years ago, we didn't have to worry too much unless it was for high office. And then J. Edgar Hoover's uh, sycophants who followed in his footsteps would find anything they could to blackmail you into doing what they wanted you to do. Today, people are afraid to enter into the arena, the political arena, because of things that they've done in the past that people remember. And they may even have pictures. They may have videos. They certainly have photos somewhere of things that happened that shouldn't have, that were immoral, amoral, illegal, whatever it was. I mean, we see pictures of Mr. Obama smoking weed. Well, it wasn't legal when he was smoking weed. We see that he was raised by communists. His family were communists. We see that his his mentor was on the number one on the FBI list of communists to watch. So this is now uh, it's it's like we're all targets. And the older we are, the less we have to worry about it, except if you're already in politics. And then you've got people who throw women, drugs, whatever, at you so that they can hold something over you so you will do what they want you to do, vote the way they want you to vote. So this is what money, people are thinking about.
1: Yeah, yeah, money, appointments, drugs, women, access, um, contracts. Uh, you name it, there's all those things that are proven as leverage. And think about think about today in 2024, right? Think about just recently, Justice Kavanaugh. If he didn't have his handwritten notes of his calendars to defend himself in a post-social media world, he would have been utterly destroyed even further. And if you didn't have someone like Donald Trump to have the strength and the with wall to stand by his nominee, because I guarantee you, Republican, Democrat, any other president would have withdrawn Kavanaugh's candidacy but Trump stuck by him. Yeah. And he had his his handwritten calendars. Take it a step further today. Anyone my age, younger or a little older, right? They all have exorbitant amount of pictures, probably poor decisions, dumb comments that they've said through social media and it's amusing cuz those in my close friend circle laugh that I'm on social media because I never even appeared on social media until I was in my late 20s because I never had, number one, I never had an interest in it, and number two, my job (laughs) was a lot more important than me stating two or three sentences about something that was going on in the world that whoop-de-doo, that 200 people saw, liked, shared, hated, or what. And as a result, everyone has this, this insecurity to post things on social media to compete or whatnot, And that's not even from a political standpoint, right? Social media is a political tool to get your message out to where you stand on positions and when you want your voice to be heard. At the same time, social media, whether it's Twitter, whether it's Instagram, Facebook, you name it, it has given a microphone to a lot of individuals who are beyond the pale, brain-dead stupid. And I'm not talking about uneducated, not college-educated. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about truly stupid people that have no critical thinking ability, that comment. And we have freedom of speech here. We have the First Amendment. But as a result of that, these social media websites have given a microphone that amplifies the stupidity as well as the lies that continue to plague us. You mentioned in the earlier segment before I came on that you can provide all the facts, all the evidence of something, and there are people that still will not believe it. Because they do not live in reality. Because if they do believe any of that stuff, it will shatter, shatter the glass of the reality that they live in. And that's where a lot of these people under the Democrat banner stand.
0: Yeah. Um, We've got Walt on the line. Good morning, Walt. How are you?
2: (laughs) I'm good, Ann. Um, I want to make a very brief uh, comment about the corruption in the United States. And if you're going to have open time later, I have some new information uh, about Russia that's intriguing and interesting, and I could call back with that. But my com- my brief comment is you mentioned corruption in this country, and I agree that there's a hell of a lot of it. But we're the only country that I can imagine anywhere on Earth. And and as you know, I, I look at foreign news a great deal i don't know of any country that is allowing 10 million of our enemies and people that will not assimilate to cross the border unvetted and then give them food clothing shelter a cell phone and and a free college education
0: yeah I know. We, we're, and, and we're allowing this administration to do this to us. And there are still people out there who say, I'll vote, I, I, I'd rather vote for anyone other than Trump. And, and how stupid are they? Truly. How stupid well, are I, they?
2: I don't believe that he's the man for this time. I've said that before. I, I voted for him three times, the primary and two elections, and I liked everything that he did. But his comments and uh, and and some of the facts that he's unaware of, I don't think he's the man coming up. I do think Nikki Haley is, and uh, well, but that's that's my opinion. Yeah, and,
0: yeah. You may have to write it funny. in, uh, write yeah. it in on the ballot. But um, uh, if Donald Trump is the candidate, will you write in Nikki's name instead and lose yes. the power yes, of sir. your vote? Yes, I will. All right.
2: Yeah, yes, I would. Now, I've been a Republican you know, since I was born. My grandparents were, my parents were, and that's that's what I grew up with. Um, do you have any open time later?
0: I don't know, uh, uh, but uh, as long as you're you're listening in, if you have a comment, we will try to get to you all.
2: I've, I've got about three or four very interesting things on Russia that probably has not made the public news, but it's verified. Um uh, I'll, I'll try to call back
0: if I Okay, hear it. all right. Okay, cool. thank you. Thank you, Walt. Yeah, uh, yeah. People are people are still are still thinking about uh, what's what's happening uh, in the world because of the poor leadership that we have today in our country, the country that used to be able to to arbitrate what was going on in other countries, and because of the power that we wielded, were able to tamp down the flames uh, that uh, were emerging in other countries against uh, their citizens. Uh, And now we don't have that anymore. And uh, Brian, you know, we've spoken about it at great length uh, in the past. I don't know if people continue to hate Trump because it looks as though he will be the candidate for the Republicans. If they continue to hate him enough, Will they write in or will they make a huge mistake in voting for whomever it is the Democrat Party will put up?
1: Yeah, look, I know there's a few minutes before the break, but this is it's basic math. And with all due respect to Walt, writing in Nikki Haley's name doesn't do anything but help Joe Biden in the electoral math and how things work in this country. It is an either or. You have an A or a B. Yes, you're going to have a third party uh, with Robert F. Kennedy. You're going to have Jill Stein. You're going to have possibly Joe Manchin with new labels. At the end of the day, you want Joe Biden back? Then vote for anyone else except for Donald Trump. And if people have an issue with things that Trump says, turn it off. Watch what he does. Forget what he says. Watch what he does. And With respect to Nikki Haley, she's imploded her entire political career. She has no mathematical way to win the nomination. And the fact that she's relying heavily on money from donors of people who can't stand Republicans and who hate Donald Trump should also be a self-reflecting exercise. She will never be president and she will never be in the cabinet. U.N. ambassador is as high as she will go and she will fade into the likes of nothingness. And that is her decision. She can make that decision and the people that vote for her can make that decision. But if you want Joe Biden and the last four years to stop, the only answer is Donald Trump. He will be the nominee and he will be likely the front runner that every and everything that the Democrats will throw, as well as the media, to try to take this man down because the writing is on the wall.
0: But people vote on the basis of the facts that they believe are true. And I've. Discovered that we've got our our own open society foundation uh, billionaire leader who is anti American and wants a dystopian future for all of us. This man George Soros and his son Alex, they're ready to become the biggest stockholder in a U.S. radio company that is in bankruptcy. And I'm thinking to myself, I think it's called Audacy. Um, I'm thinking to myself. Why would this man want to be in control of radio media traffic, and the answer is so obvious. What do you think?
1: yeah, look um these are these are billionaires that hate America, have no problem uh, making sure they remain at the top, and that there's no threat or competition and Of course, if there's an opportunity from a capitalistic standpoint for them to buy a radio station and or network where you know predominantly conservative talk radio resides and conservative thought, as made famous, obviously, by the trailblazer Rush Limbaugh, then, of course, they have ulterior motives for that. And that's where lies regulatory FEC, FCC, all these kinds of things come into play. I've You've heard me say also that all these Republican donors that are you know, funding uh, some of Nikki Haley's campaign or other Republicans that ran against Donald Trump, DeSantis, etc. are, they're wealthy people, but they're clearly brain dead because their funds and that kind of money would be better suited doing a hostile takeover of something like Meta, i.e. Facebook and Instagram, or another social media company similar to what Elon Musk did with Twitter and X to be able to look under the hood and see the censorship and the anti-American regulatory decisions that were made by a public-private company. That would be a better use of money for Republican donors than trying to prop up pathetic candidates that want to do nothing more than raise their name ID, get a speaking slot at the convention, write a book, or get a media job after it's all done. I mean, that's where there is no you know, corporate GOP, Inc., or leadership when it comes to these types of things. Because if you really want to impact how things are done, unfortunately, you have to give it to these monsters like George Soros that spend millions, hundreds of millions, if not billions of dollars cropping up prosecutors across this country and other DAs that will make deals with criminals and get them out on the streets as fast as they came in to be processed.
0: Yeah, well, that's, you know, we can look at all the bad things that Soros has done. And if you go and you look up all of the organization's Uh, some of them 501c3s that the man has put money into. You, again, understand why there are so many of these NGOs on our border processing these illegal criminals into our country because they're getting money and lots of it from the Open Society Foundation under George and Alex Soros to bring dystopia to our country, to bring chaos to our country to bring crime and drugs death to our country and now when you hear that he is potentially going to be the owner of the second largest chain of radio stations in our country if Mm -hmm. that doesn't scare the pants off of you then nothing will because he will be the one to determine what goes out over the airwaves and as a communist As a destroyer of civilization, what do you think we're going to hear from these radio stations? How lucky are we that we're not in that audacity chamber where radio stations are going to be shaking their heads and thinking we've been sold out, particularly if they've been one of the honest stations that speak truth to the fiction that we hear from the left? I don't know what's going to happen.
1: Yeah, so this this creates the scary uh, the scary situation because w- what usually happens when there's control <laughs> or there's too much one sided, right? Market factors and forces take over, right? You had CNN, and as a result of that, Fox News was born. Uh, you have talk radio that resulted in reaction to the newspapers and the media as a whole being mostly ninety five percent liberal or progressive, socialist, communist, whatever they want to call themselves these days. And what we're seeing also in reaction is you have these podcasting, right? Technology changes, methods of listening change. The only difference is, is the button pushers. Those that are older would rather just go into their car and tune the radio to listen to talk radio or tune the radio that they have in their home to listen to talk radio. And that mentality will change over time because there will be people that grow uh, with the assumption and the the ease of just going on your smartphone and punching in an app and all that kind of stuff to turn on a podcast. So it's scary, but there are market factors and market forces that happen that given how big the syllable is, you know, it could be five years, it could be 10 years, it could be 30 years, where the market – responds effectively. And that's what's great in this country, that even when things seem dim, no matter how big that syllable is between the two events, it will eventually put us on the right path. And sometimes it's a generation. Sometimes it's longer than that. And that's the scary part. But when you have someone like George Soros, and again, you were talking about the NGOs and the nonprofits that he funds, Why do things continue to operate? Because they have resources, i.e. money, funding it. And I'm not big on regulations, but when it comes to this kind of stuff that goes against United States law, i.e. this processing and this magnet to create all these illegal aliens to continue to come here, break our laws, screw our economy, screw our electoral college, screw our representation in Congress, and... Over overflow uh, our hospitals and our schools, you would think that America's leaders would be like, yeah, we need to stop this and we need to stop those individuals and organizations that fund this anti-American behavior.
0: Well, I don't think that it's going to happen anytime soon. Um, when I hear about this push uh, for uh, new cars, our automotive industry, will remove the ability to download AM uh, software in their machines, yep. in their cars, so that we do not hear talk radio. Because most of talk radio, you get through AM. You turn on your, your engine of your car, you, you go to your talk radio station, there it is. Well, under this government, under this industry, They're actually thinking about removing your ability to listen to AM stations. It is sinful. It is anti-American. It is anti-First Amendment. And yet, that's what we hear they're planning on doing. So uh, uh, this is just one more thing that goes against people who are thinking differently from an administration, this GND, Green New Deal, this... Uh, subversive federal government that has been weaponized against anyone who is on the Republican side. This is what we have to contend with. And when you see the Soroses wanting to buy up all of the radio stations in our country, this is the second largest radio conglomerate that is in bankruptcy that they plan on buying And all I can do is shrug my shoulders and ask those on the left, well, what do you think you're going to hear from these radio stations? Do you think it's going to be the truth?
1: Right. And even further, the whole point of radio, right? You know, you have advertising that's support, and, and you make money. And who knows? Maybe that's Soros's goal is to buy all this stuff and make it so that people don't listen and try to attempt to destroy an entirely financially sound um, organization because he truly believes in this ideological battle to silence those that disagree with him and his uh, messed up worldview. And that's why I crack up. You and I have cracked up countless times, all this notion of diversity, equity, inclusion, all this communist manifesto just repackaged for 2024 is all bullcrap. Because if they actually believed in any of that stuff, they would believe in diversity of thought they would believe in diversity of ideology but they don't if you disagree with them you are put through a moral equivalency lens that is warped and you are evil to them and they're too stupid to even engage in a debate and they can't even hear conservative speakers on college campuses or any other medium and it's almost as if they're afraid that they might catch conservatism so your your observation about soros going after the second largest radio network and trying to control that is a very sound fear because that will have long lasting effects that even with market factors responding, there's still going to be an impact because like you said, there are people that get in their car and they tune the radio. And if you get in a car and you don't even have AM radio as an option because it's being driven by left-wing progressives from a regulatory standpoint, from a position of government power, then what's to say that, There is an escalation that when conservatives get in position of power, and of course our principles dictate otherwise, but let's say that you escalated this and responded in a way that impacts the left and the progressives in a negative manner. And that's what we have is escalation. And most of the time, the left, the progressive, they are too stupid to think that for one second, the pendulum will swing back away from their warped sense of reality and morality. Yeah, well, uh, you know, they
0: they look at history and they see revolution. They see a takeover uh, and uh, certainly Russia still continues to be that kind of evil power and maybe they're hoping that uh, in this country that evil power that the Democrats are wielding today with our open borders, with uh, the fentanyl killing 100,000 of our young and middle-aged and older citizens every every year people don't seem to care very much about that in fact when you look at this uh, drug problem and people talk about well how is it that you know we're allowing these these uh, mules to carry across uh, you know these drugs uh, trucks coming across our border hidden away uh, are is the fentanyl and other drugs and yet under the democrats We have legalized marijuana with a THC content of 90% plus that leads to psychosis, that leads to actually being just a really slow, incoherent citizen who doesn't really give a damn about what's happening around them to their families, to their communities, or to their country. And yet there are states that have legalized This drug, including our own, and I think to myself the nefarious purpose for that, is evident to anyone who actually wants to look to see what the results are of states that have committed to the legalization of another drug that changes who we are at our core. It's scary.
1: It it is. And so you touched upon a few things there. So marijuana is still a Schedule II drug classified. And federal government through supremacy clause should and can enforce the criminal possession and everything under the sun even if a state has legalized it right supremacy clause and that's again you need a, a an attorney general that has a boulders between the legs to actually go do something because the flip side is why wouldn't you know the government is there to to maintain social order and protect those that can't protect themselves and if you're stupid enough to smoke marijuana And if you're stupid enough to try to endanger those around you, then maybe that's the intent of those that are legalizing it. They want a stupid population. They want a slow motor skill individual making decisions and going through the ballot box that can be easily manipulated and take it a step further. What you talked about, why people don't react to things like the border, like the fentanyl, like this illegal immigration that consistently invades our borders that's been going on for my entire lifetime that we have to have at least 60 million illegal aliens in this country is for a very simple reason. It hasn't impacted those individuals directly. They haven't lost someone directly to fentanyl yet. They haven't lost a child to an illegal alien driving a car without a license, without insurance, that it shouldn't have been in this country in the first place, whether it's under the influence or not, and killing a child or grandchild. All these catastrophic things that you see happen across this country, in the news, or when there are angel moms and dads testifying in Congress is because it hasn't affected them personally. It is just a blip on the screen. It is just a headline. And until it affects more and more people individually and directly, you're not going to see a reaction because it doesn't come and hit home until it actually hits home. And that's what's devastating. And of course, the Republicans and Trump have tried for decades and have tried to do things to secure this board. You would think, just like we've talked about numerous times, Ann, that if you bring this to the smallest scale possible, you have a home, you have an apartment, you have a house, you have a trailer, you have whatever you live in condo, you have a door with a lock on. And if someone approaches your door, you look through a peephole, you look through a video camera, you look through the window, you crack the door open, and you vet who that individual is that is coming to your home. And that should be no different at the border, and even more so biometrically reviewed, whether that is through retinal scan, fingerprint, blood, or any kind of other health test to make sure and identify who these people are that are invading our country and that their first act on American soil is a criminal one. And that's the sad, sad fact, because until this hits enough people individually for people to wake up that this is a problem, it will continue to persist and slowly, slowly decay, just like the Roman Empire, the United States.
0: Well, I think we're headed in that direction if we continue under a democratic rule. Uh, and and it's it's relatively easy to see, and most of us who live in the suburbs uh, or outside of a of a city, we're we're content. We look around, we see that well, there's there's some crime, but it's you know uh, it, it's minor. Uh, no one's been killed yet, and we seem it to be. Doesn't affect me. That's right. It hasn't affected them yet. But as you said, how long will it take? Before it begins to affect our neighborhoods where gangs, MS-13 and now this new gang that has entered into our country, they're coming together. They're joining forces. You can see them as they drive uh, stolen cars into storefronts so they can steal hundreds of thousands of dollars worth of goods. And people are looking at this and they don't understand that those goods, the price of those goods are going to go up dramatically because the cost of insurance to those companies producing those goods, will go up dramatically as well. And you and I will face the continuing cost of goods inflating to the point where we will not be able to afford them. Bankruptcies will occur to big business as well as small business. And our country hasn't seen the worst of it yet financially, but if we keep Biden or his ilk in office, in power we sure as hell will. Absolutely. Well, we are uh, coming up to our break again. uh, Please stay with us. This is Ann Baker, together with my wonderful co-host, Brian Fitzherbert, on Talking with Ann and Fitzherbert Friday, uh, this wonderful February 16th. So uh, stick around. We'll be back after the break.
2: You're Talking with Ann on News Talk 1492.3 WOND.
0: Good morning, good morning, everyone. This is Ann Baker, together with my co-host Brian Fitzherbert, on Talking with Ann, and uh, we've uh, we, we've gone through uh, quite a bit of uh, of information for people, um, but there's there's something that's really bothering me, Brian, and it has to do with the possibility of the World Health Organization signing up our country for this treaty that isn't called a treaty that would make us adhere to their laws having to do with the same kinds of regulations that they forced on us taking away our First Amendment rights during COVID-19. And I'm afraid of that. I truly am, because there are a lot of people who will capitulate, who will just say, sure, whatever. But the fact that it's not called a treaty means that we won't really have our legislators being able to vote with the will of the people behind them. And I think it takes 67 senators to vote it into a treaty, into law. So this, this is frightening. I don't know. What are your thoughts on that?
1: So a couple things. So your reference to the treaty language, that's because, as we know, you know, I know most of the listeners know that any agreement that a president of the United States signs with any other country – Needs to be ratified by Congress, i.e., uh, as a treaty. And if it and if they call it something, else, if they call it something else, um, then either way, it's still defined whether you want to call it or not. It's still a treaty that has to be approved. And there's nothing that is going to sign up this country to do anything. And that's why, again, every race matters, whether that's you know Senate or House because of these types of things that will impact us. Why in God's name would any American citizen ever sign up for any kind of national law or any kind of international anything that they're subject to outside of the United States constitution? It's asinine to begin with. And yet there are stupid people on the left that want to do this. And to basically, I mean, as bad as the pandemic was and the decisions that were made both sides of the aisle in this country by poor leaders and poor decisions, it also gave everyone a wake-up call so that this catastrophic decision-making never happens again, where we basically voluntarily uh, surrender our rights that are God-given. And when you have something like the World Trade Organization or World Health Organization or any of these organizations that they want to dictate to the United States, ask the question, why would you ever allow any country or leader outside of this country to tell you what to do with your life.
0: Yeah, and and that is what should make everyone open up their eyes, read as much as they can about the possibility that this communist federal government that we've got today, I can't call it federal, this communist government we've got could very well sign up Knowing that if they signed up in a timely fashion, let's say in the next 10 months or so, that they might be able to do the same thing to us that they did during the 2020 election where mass mail-in ballots that were, in fact, looking at it today with all of the investigations taking place, we know that there was a massive amount of fraud. Yep. And that is what, in fact, the left will hope for again. And if they can put this into a a legal standard that we all have to follow, then we are in deep, dark, serious trouble. Our country as a republic is over.
1: Yeah, look, when it comes to 2020, the Democrats took advantage of the situation and they got into a position of power and they were quote unquote, elected. Right. That's not going to happen again, because not only are there more eyes and ears on this, but you're aware of these types of things. So it's going to be something different. You know, what do people have on their bingo board for 2024? Something that's going to happen to try to distract us, to try to impact us. I mean, like you said, how many states literally violated their own constitution by making decisions i.e. governors making decisions without state legislatures to change how voting happens. And I, I caution anyone to question if you don't think for one second that there is the opportunity for election fraud to take place. Use one apartment complex in one town, in one county, in one state. How many people, what is the turnover of one address in one apartment complex in one building? How many people could have been registered to vote at that location, and they got vote-by-mail, and the person that lives there, let's say that they are a hardcore Democrat, and when you illegally and unconstitutionally waive a signature verification, and there happens to be six or seven people that have lived at that apartment address in the last six or seven years, because let's say they did one-year leases, and all of a sudden there's seven vote-by-mail ballots right there. That don't require signature verification and that can just be sent in and mailed and voted to support, let's say, the Democrats. You're telling me that that opportunity didn't happen in one apartment complex in one state across this country? I don't buy that for one second. So there's always going to be some kind of threat or opportunity that the Democrats will try to take advantage of. Because we know this. We've seen this. And now it's four years later. We've seen the dissection. Molly Hemingway's book, Rigged, is really good on documenting what transpired, where Democrat lawyers sued Democrat clerks to make a deal to change rules and regulations in counties in multiple states across this country. So either way, buckle up, because there's going to be something on your 2024 bingo board that you did not anticipate that's going to try to impact and interfere and try to question the integrity of an election, as well as a candidate like Donald Trump.
0: Well, that's why we're on the air, isn't it, Brian? We want to bring attention to the things, nefarious or um, honest, that happens in our governments, whether we're talking about national, state, or local. That's why we're here You know, Mm -hmm. we've brought up the Atlantic City Housing Authority uh, and uh, their board of commissioners, dishonest. We bring up what uh, the fact that our state has the highest taxes in the nation. Why is that? And then we look at our nation and the chaos that's going on in our blue cities, in our blue states. And we think to ourselves, oh, well. It hasn't happened to me. My community is okay. And all I can say is open your eyes. It's only a matter of time before crime and corruption lends itself to making your life more difficult, to making more regulations a part of what you have to pay in the form of taxes. Open your eyes and look for fiscal conservatism because that is the only way we're going to bring our country back to where it should be as a republic it, it, it's it's just you know we've forgotten the constitution the, our our uh, our politicians don't know the constitution they haven't read their own state constitution and they haven't read our united states constitution they don't know that our the 10 amendments, first 10 amendments are Bill of Rights that says this is what we as citizens are allowed to do, and the states and the country cannot interfere. I I, I don't
1: know. Uh, Look, it, it really comes down to an indictment of our own education system, because I guarantee you the vast majority of people can't even identify uh, the, all the Supreme Court justices can't even identify who the Speaker of the House is, who the majority leaders in the Senate, much less their own state Senate or state Assembly leaders and individuals that make decisions, let alone the Constitution of the United States, as well as New Jersey in, in this example. And I'll, I'll share a quick story. I went to a friend of mine's inauguration, and we've had him on the show, um, Assemblyman Paul Knitra, uh, when he was sworn in to the General Assembly in January of this year, and You know, you go up to Trenton and you go to the building and everyone gets sworn in. And then you basically have to sit and listen to four or five blowhard Democrats talk about all this nonsense and all these claims that they've done for the state of New Jersey. And one of the assembly leaders, I I could not believe what came out of his mouth because I really thought he was kidding. I was like, nobody's this stupid or this callous, but he was 100 percent legit in saying that the Democrats under his leadership and what they've passed in legislation, have made it affordable in the state of New Jersey so that there aren't New Jerseyans that have to make a choice between paying for their health care or paying their property taxes. That is literally the comparison that he made in terms of whether or not New Jerseyans can pay either or. And my simple response is lower property taxes. You are in the majority. If you don't want that decision between New Jerseyans making a quote unquote decision between having to pay for their health care or their property taxes, you can change that. Cut the spending. Get rid of these ridiculous programs that do nothing to help New Jerseyans. But this is the warped sense of reality that Democrats in this state live in and that they see. And as a result of that, This is why people get what they deserve. They vote for what they deserve. And as a result of the elections, good, bad, or indifferent, they get what they deserve. And until that changes, where people vote with their feet and they leave the state of New Jersey, which we know has been going on for decades, to the Carolinas, to Florida, to get out of here because of the cost of living, And young adults that do not come home because they can't even start their life, let alone get married and buy a house in the state of New Jersey. This is this is what happens. And these are the leaders. This is the mentality that these people have. And until that changes, the impacts will not change. Wow.
0: Well, uh, well said, and that's why we really do have to look forward to our elections, which we have here in New Jersey every single year. Uh, but we we need to remove those people who have legislated things that are bad for the people, including higher regulations, which includes higher taxes, uh, which includes the legalization of marijuana to collect uh, high taxes on every ounce sold. Uh, which leads to uh, chaos in our cities and uh, accidents on our roadways. Uh, These are the kinds of people that have to be removed from office. And if people don't begin to wake up, are you going to wait until it's your child who becomes addicted to something that is out there and now formally legalized by a bunch of politicians who, quite frankly, some of them aren't worth a hill of beans? They have... They're they're not smart people. They're sneaky and underhanded people. They're nasty people. So when are people going to wake up? When are people going to see that the only words that these politicians, some of these politicians say have to do with raising them up in the eyes of the people who they want to vote for them? Uh, uh, But in fact, they don't follow through on the promises that they make.
1: Until people realize that elected officials and politicians are their tools, just like politicians and elected officials view voters and constituents as their tools, nothing's going to change. That's what it comes down to. Our elected representatives are our vehicles. They are our tools to try to get things done or make things better for us. And as a result, voters and constituents are the tools That the politicians and elected officials will lie to and say anything they can in one room and completely the opposite in another room to remain elected or to have a sphere of influence that impacts whether them professionally, personally, or otherwise politically. And until that understanding is widespread, again, you're going to have all these ideas. Forget about elected officials. Forget about politicians. Focus on outcomes. What have they done that is positive? What have they done that is negative? And you hold them accountable for that. It's outcomes. Absolutely stop focusing on a a lot of these egomaniacs that just want to read their name in the paper, want to see their picture in the paper or on social media or what have you. And that's the biggest thing that has to change. Focus on impacts and results. Yeah.